Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. We will be looking at, briefly, the 106. As a matter of fact, there are several, many of the Psalms that begin with this particular refrain, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. The 106 says that as well. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. But what I want to point us to is how the psalmist here and in the 106th Psalm, how they posture themselves, how their hearts, I mean, how his heart is positioned so that it results in the kind of praise that we read and that we get encouraged from. This could be you as well. Your heart could sing regardless of what's going on. You too can stand up here. You may not stand up in a crowd on a Sunday morning grab the mic and give praise, but you too can proclaim who he is and what he's done if your heart has the right posture. We've all been around people who have, as we said, boy, that's all you do is complain. That comes from the posture of the heart. All you do is criticize. That comes from the posture of the heart. All you do is share doubt. All, all, all you do is constantly be negative. That comes from the posture of the heart. And so I would say to you today is that the posture of a thankful heart. We can pull up several of the Psalms divisions and show the posture of a heart that is thankful, one that is leaning in and seeing God in the right way. I'm going to be going through several verses in Psalm 92, grabbing a little from the 106th, but I want us when we leave here today to put the mirror up on your heart. Look at yourself in the mirror. Don't look through the peephole and look at your neighbor. Look at the person next to you. Well, that kind of looks like you. Look in the mirror and be able to see what do you look like. What is your posture? What is your position? Because understand from it will come either praise or complaint or doubt or anger. And so I want us this morning, as we get into this season, look and see. Let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in. Father, thank you for your word. Because, Lord, as we enter into it, it gives light. It shows us both our journey, and it shows us our daily steps. Word of God says that. Light unto my feet. I'm saying, lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. 
Father, your word shows us where we are going up close and it lights the way to show us where we need to be journeying. And I pray this morning as we get into your word that we would do just that. We would allow your word to shine right down specifically on our daily steps. But also, Lord, let it light the way for where we are going. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. It is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Still, in that it is good to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. And this verse gets me, this verse 6. I don't know what your version says. I'm going to read my mind. says, English Standard. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. And here's where I want us to be able to rest in. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. First thing I want us to look at is in this posture, please let folks in, that, that, that this posture that we have, one, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. If you want to do good, part of your doing good must be choosing to be thankful for who God is, if nothing else. If you are going through a difficult season, if you are going through what seems like an impossible time, if you are going through um, um, a, a, a part of the journey that you don't understand, you don't see what the Lord is doing, you can't comprehend what's going on, one thing you do know is who he is. See, I've had to lean on that. Many a times, there are times that things are not going as I've planned. There are, there are times that things are not going really well. But here's, here's, here's the answer to that. It is not because God is not good. 
It is not because God has failed you or me. You may not even know why. We may not. And we may never know why this side of eternity, of life. You may not. You may not get that answer. But here's what you should always be able to rest in. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, which means everything that he's allowing comes out of the goodness that he is. Everything that he brings or he withholds is out of his goodness. See, for you and me, if that was me, I would tell you there might be some times where it's out of my pettiness. Sometimes a person, hey, if I'm not leaning on the Lord and trusting with the Lord, I'm operating in extra strength petty. And so are you. And here's the point to that. God is never like that. He is always, even when he is disciplining you and I, and he is correcting us or he is rebuking us, it is out of his goodness. And even if you are feeling the pain of the discipline of the Lord right now, can I encourage you, it is out of his goodness. And then, God, you just hate me. Oh, if he hated you, you wouldn't be here as we are. It is out of that good of who God is, complete good, perfect good, pure good, that he responds. And here's what I love. He says to sing praises. If you look at the 106 real quick, I love how that begins because it says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And this is one of those Psalms that was just like what our sister shared, for his steadfast love endures forever. And see, there are times for us when we are going through life, we forget that. And we must remember it. So the posture first is seeing who God is. And the reason that I give thanks is to declare your steadfast love. And I love this. When I wake up, you you have the right posture when you realize who he is and as a result, how you should go about every day. Number one, I love this. In the morning, you recognize his steadfast love. The fact that you've awakened to a new day, regardless of what that new day holds, you are aware that his love for you, on you, and over you continues. He didn't stop loving you when you woke up this morning, regardless of how you felt or what happened, or even of how good it is. God must really love me because today's been a good day. Remember when we were going over the character of God and we talked about his love and that he could love you no more or no less on any given day? That's the same. See, some of us feel, okay, because I've been really leaning into the Lord, he really loves me more. Mm -mm -mm. Because I haven't, he loves me less. No, no. When we look at the character of God in his perfections, there can't be more or less. It's always perfect. And so when you got up this morning and, 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 and you realized 
that he is good and to give thanks, it is, it is so that you can declare God loves me eternally every morning. I was at my nephew's house um, when we were in Charlotte, and I had to rearrange my attitude because we got stuck in Charlotte. Instead of being able to get back here that Sunday to preach, and the Lord just allowed us to have a great, a wonderful time with my nephew, um, wife, and son. But it was something about what they did in the morning. Here's what I loved is that he said that, that, that their son, he has a routine in the morning. I love this. The five-year-old has a routine, and he has a playlist to get his mind right for school. Come on, somebody need to be learning about this. The five-year-old, the kindergartner. And here's what I love. At the top of the list every morning, his mother said, every morning he turns on and the song he loves to play, hope they're watching. I'm about to have him go back and watch this. The song he loves to play is Kirk Franklin's Lovely Day. The five-year-old, the kindergartner, getting ready for school. And he can that can teach all of us a whole lot. How do you wake up in the morning and get ready for your day? Oh, gosh, here we go, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, help me. See, I'm not telling you anything that I've not done. I don't hit my playlist. Look, that little kid inspired me. Get your playlist together so you can get your mind right as you get ready to start your day. Here's what he said. It's going to be love. When I wake up in the morning. Yeah, right. And, and right. And here, and the deal is it's going to be a lovely day. Why? Not because everything will go like I want. But he gives, the psalmist here helps us out. It's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, which means that there is none higher than him. You are serving the highest, the preeminent one. And it says, here's what I love, to declare your steadfast love in the morning. God, you love me every morning. And when I finish my day, so that I keep my heart thankful. Here's what he says. And your faithfulness by night. God, you love me is how I start my day. How I finish it, you've been faithful. How many of us started in our day like that? And I bow my head in shame many times because it's not. God says you want your heart to be in the right posture to be a person of praise and thanksgiving. Recognize that I love you every morning before you leave the house, while you brushing your teeth, selecting your outfit or your clothes, or maybe it's a grunge day. You're just throwing on some sweats. It doesn't matter. God is saying, understand, I love you as my child and my love for you. If you're not his child, his love draws you to him so that you can be his child. And then he says, when you finish your day, no matter how hard it's been, no matter how tough it is, or no matter how great it is, here's what you recognize. God, you've been faithful. Yeah, it seemed like this was one of those days where I wanted to crawl back in my house, shut the door, and say, don't nobody bother me. 
God has been faithful. And so then he goes on just to really help get your heart right. Verse 4, he says, what? For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. What work? The work, one, that he has on me and the work that he is doing in the world. Many of us are saying, many of us, there are times in which we say, God, can you please come and work? Can I help someone out? God is always working, period, always, even when we can't see it. And so he is praising God for his work, his total body of work. God, all of what you are doing and what you do, I'm glad. Look, this is a choice. See, you know there are times that things are happening that are good and you choose to be grumpy. We've all been there. Things are happening well and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting excited about it. I'm just not. Gladness is a choice. So is grumpy. It's a choice. And so when he says here that my heart is glad by your work, you have made my heart glad. It's because, hey, he has seen the work of the Lord. He has chosen to embrace it, to rejoice in it, and thus his heart is glad. Is your heart sad as a believer who is following the Lord? I want to say why. Not that you don't have a reason to be sad, but with that sadness you have a reason to be glad. The love of God is on you when you wake up. The faithfulness of God has followed you even into your night. And so thus you can be glad because of the work of the Lord. Always. Posture. The posture also is to recognize that when the evil flourish, that you do not get tripped up because it is easy to. Here's the deal when he says the stupid man cannot understand this. I mean, the stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this. These are people that have chosen postures. Stupidity is a posture. It is. Foolishness is a posture. You've chosen that. And he says they can't understand this. What is this? What he's about to say. That the wicked may be flourishing. It looks like they are winning. It looks like to, you know, it looks like to not serve the Lord is great and it's going to benefit you. It looks like doing your own thing is going to lead to some great things. I don't need God. Look at all these people that are flourishing. He said, you're stupid. Because you don't know this. What don't I know? Hmm. That though, verse 7, the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. He says, you know, you don't get tripped up by the evil that's happening in this world and the flourishing. No, knock, knock. No, the wicked flourish. Many of them are doing better than you financially, physically. Just because you know the Lord doesn't guarantee that you're going to be on the top of everything. I know we've heard that in, our, in some preachings, not here. But the issue is it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be the richest, the wealthiest, that, that, that all this is coming your way, that God's just going to dump it all on you because you his kid. 
No, God is in his wonderful wisdom is working in your life to produce in you a person who follows him intensely and displays and proclaims who Jesus is to this world regardless of your financial status. And he may bless you that way, good, but it doesn't encompass your life. He says that you understand that although you see people that don't follow God flourishing like crazy, you don't want to follow after that. You don't want to sign up for that. You don't want to walk their path. Why? Because God says none of them are looking at their end. And what happens with many of them? And even those who may get it on this side of eternity have been like, I never planned for it to end like that. No one ever does. I never thought that it would destroy my family. I never thought that it would end my career. I never thought that my health would be affected. I never thought that I would lose my integrity. I never thought, we, because we never look at the end of things, we are always in the moment. And he says here, I love this, the posture is, look to the end. When you are tempted to veer off from the Lord, look to the end. Ask yourself this question, where is this, where am I going to end up in this? If I keep doing this, what's going to happen? How will I be if I keep living like this? You must ask those questions. Posture. He says that the evildoers shall fall, they shall be scattered. But then I want to focus on that last part. Those that have that, have the posture of thankfulness in their heart, man, here's what they rejoice in. Here's what they realize. The righteous flourish like the palm tree. You know, that's one of the hardest trees to uproot because it's a root system, because of where it sits, because of the water, those are the ones that will sway. I'm not saying that they can't be uprooted. and That's where the analogy breaks down. But when you look at it, those are some of the hardest whenever you see the winds. And we've seen it even in the Florida hurricanes that happen. You will see the palm trees swaying in the wind but not fall because of their root system because of how they are grounded. And I love this, the picture that the psalmist wants us to get for the person that has the right posture. He says that, 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 that look, he says that they flourish like the palm tree. You grow up strong, able to handle even severe winds and storms. They are planted and, and they grow like a cedar in Lebanon, some of the biggest some of them strongest trees. If I'm going to give an example of that, I know right now for, uh, for me, growing up in New York City, I always loved when the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree was erected, when it was brought up, because it was huge. 
When I lived there, would always go down every year to stand by it and just to realize how large it was. That wasn't the only tree. They didn't go and, 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 and actually make that tree. They took that tree from among other trees that were like that. And when I think about the cedar of Lebanon, this strong tree, one that was a good tree, firm, God says, that's how you are. Do you realize that? Or are you walking around and you're thinking that, God, I'm so weak as a Christian, and, and my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. God says, then look at who you are as you are in me. Do you see yourself like that? They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. See, I had pity on the flowers that were planted in my garden because I was not a gardener. I go out and they'd be like, man, this thing. Guess I need to water that one a little bit. Come out and they're dried up. The leaves are like, help me. But when you are planted in the house of God, there's always enough light. There's definitely always sun. And you are growing, and you are growing as God desires you to be. You are never in a deficit for what you need to be able to flourish in the house of the Lord. He's given you this picture. And from it, he wants you to rest and be glad because this is how he sets it up for you. They shall bear fruit in old age. Whatever you consider old. I'm not making that determination. But I love this. In old age, when the rest of society says, we're done with you. You're of little use. What can you really do? I'm old. I really can't bear much fruit. God says they are bearing fruit. There is fruit of their godliness constantly coming even as they age. People may not expect it. And they sit and look at you and say, but how are you like that? Folks are shriveling up and they aren't doing anything. God says, you are sitting here bearing fruit as you age because you are planted by God and in God. What else could you do but flourish? And so you don't have to fear growing old. I hear it in our societies. They, they fear growing old. God says, not in me, you don't. Because you keep growing. Until one day you're in my presence. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. I like that. You know, this, this is a picture of vigor and of strength. And even though you may retire from your daily job, can I put a plug in, you don't retire from life? God expects those of us as we age to continue to serve him Faithfully and fruitfully until he calls you home. Oh, you may not do that job that you did for 30, 40, 20 years or whatever it was. You may not go in 
and, and, and actually a punch in every day. But God expects fruitful labor out of all of his children until he says, come home. And for any of us that chooses to now sit on the sidelines and not allow the Lord to use us as we age, are missing out on displaying the goodness and greatness of Lord through all of life. Don't let this world sideline you. And then lastly, to declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. I love that, that, that your life, who you are, the immediate context is those who have aged. You can give testimony to the Lord being good throughout life. This is like saying a life well lived where you continue to proclaim the Lord in a day and age where people are checking out. And he says to you and I, the posture of a thankful heart realizes that they continue to be strong for the Lord as they age every year so that they will proclaim who God is. And I love this. He said, he is my rock. He said, not your retirement. He is my rock. Not what you saved up. Not your network, although we need that. He is what I stand firm on. And there is no unrighteousness in him. See, this reminded me because as we go through life, we tend to see more and more. We see so much that you begin to think, is the Lord really paying attention? Is the Lord really good? God, do you really know what you're doing? We begin to question that. The more things we see, the longer we live. God says, I haven't changed. You might, but I haven't. And he says, as you cling to me and stay in me, you'll realize there isn't one ounce of unrighteousness in me. Thus, I will always be righteous. The 106th Psalm, as we close, I'm just going to read this. I love how he remembers He said, blessed are, the, blessed are those, verse 3, blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. That's that righteous piece we were talking about. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. I love this. This is a person, this is all about God. Your whole attention, your focus is on him. I would encourage you to read the rest of it because I love how he says, look, even when we've sinned and messed up, you still have. But I wanted us to end with that thought. Listen, I'm going to go back to the beginning. Verse 2, when it says, To declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness at, light, at, at night. The posture of a thankful heart is a daily posture. You have to set it on purpose. 
You have to be intentional about how you go about it. It's not just going to come about because you sit in here in church or you sit around Christians and believers. It is going to be because you are intentional in understanding who God is and as a result, how you choose to live. So he's given us a choice. Is your heart postured properly right now in Thanksgiving? If it's not, can you look in the mirror and see why not? Here's the good part. It can change. You don't have to stay that way. I know people think that we can't change and you're always going to be this little evil, old, old grumpy person. No, when you begin to allow the Lord to work in you and you see him for how he has revealed himself, man, that'll get you to change. It'll encourage your heart. When discouragement is around and when you think I'm never going to get what I thought I would, God says, that's all right, you got me. That's all right, you have me. And as long as you have him and you are walking in obedience to him, he's got you. Steadfast love in the morning. That's for me this way. As I was reading, I was like, that's for me. Steadfast love in the morning. Faithfulness as I end my day. And it keeps me remembering who the Lord is. Let's pray. You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.